Hey, this is Eric Bress, the writer-director of Ghosts of War and the Butterfly Effect, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Squad podcast episode number 162. Tonight we're talking about Saint Mod, which just came out on streaming. You can find it on Amazon Prime on one of their channels. Also, a free little seven day trial will get you the movie for free. I think it's what called Epics or something like that. Yeah, Epics. Epics, cool. Which is exactly what I did. Um, we got usual co hosts tonight. It's myself, Todd. We have Steve, Sam, and Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Hi. How was your Valentine's Day? Well, how was yours? You guys are the, the couple on the show. What you guys do? Sam, you can tell them. Um, what did we do? So Saturday night, well, Saturday morning, Joe told me, he was like, hey, pack an overnight bag, pack an overnight bag for Raven. She's going somewhere and we're going somewhere. So then immediately I was like, yeah, that's exciting, but why does my dog have to go somewhere? Like, why can't she come with us? And I think Joe could start seeing like my anxiety going. And I looked like, not let down, but I was just like, where's she going? Who's going to watch her? What if someone kills her and she dies? And he was like, okay, fine. She's coming with us too, but pack a bag. So we ended up going to the Hawthorne Hotel, which is like my favorite place here in Salem. It's the oldest hotel here. I love it so much. So we stayed there and it was so crazy because we actually stayed, the room that we were in was the room that we stayed in the first, our first time together in Salem. So I thought that was really cool. That wasn't intentional. It just happened to be that way. Um, So we had a little like sleepover at a hotel and then we went out to dinner at a place called Ledger. That's a really nice restaurant and then we went back and just hung out with raven and just had a great time that's awesome very good i thought he was gonna like pack your bags because and then takes you like the train station just puts you on and goes back home (laughs) see you later (laughs) bye he'll probably do that when it's his birthday wow that's ideal that's ideal (laughs) yeah and then sunday we just came home because i was pretty hungover because i hadn't had anything to drink for um since like new year's and i got really sick and so i was like feeling pretty crummy for sunday so we just had a marathon watching the office very good yeah steve what about you man uh, not too much um it was also my wife's birthday this weekend so it was a, a two for a two for one special there um and we just we ate sushi uh i made her dinner the other night and we played video games. Uh, we played more of that Blair Witch Hunt a Killer box thing. And um, yeah, just watching movies and stuff and just hung out because we can't, we, nothing's open here up until today. So there wasn't really anywhere we can go. So the restaurants aren't open, stores aren't open, you know, so we stayed home and just chilled and had some fun. Yeah. What about you, Todd? Um, let's see. Um, we actually got McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. It's like, no we're we're trying not to like eat out as much or have fast food so we're saving it for like i guess quote-unquote special occasions so everyone got excited the kids were allowed to get like an actual adult meal which it's a fucking expensive when you buy four mcdonald's adult meals it's like 45 bucks it's like holy shit 
Um, and then we watched Indiana Jones on my projector. And nice. yeah, that was about it. Played some Mario Kart. Um, yeah. So laid, laid back. Yeah. Very cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, actually, something super scary happened to me uh, just, just last night. So I figured uh, this is good a time in the episode to tell the story as ever. Let's hear it. She's so, pregnant. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've talked about it in the past where I occasionally suffer from something called sleep paralysis. Um, for those who haven't heard the episodes where I talked about it, the gist of it is I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm half awake, half asleep. And um, I wake up and I'm paralyzed. I can't move. Uh, the room is kind of in a weird state because I'm kind of half asleep and I usually either hear something feel something or see like a figure in the room and it's fucking freaky as hell so I this has been happening off and on my entire life but it had been a while since I'd had an episode but last night it hit me with a fucking vengeance so um I woke up it was probably like 5 a.m and I couldn't move which first thing the feeling of paralysis is super scary it's just the feeling of not being able to move is just frightening on its own. And my first reaction always is, okay, I have to wake up my wife so she can wake me up or get me help or something. That's always my first reaction when I have sleep paralysis. But I was sleeping kind of on the other side, like facing the other way from my wife. So I had to kind of swing to the other side so I'd be able to you know, tell her I need help or I need to be woken up. And I couldn't do it because I'm paralyzed. But I managed to somewhat like move my arm so I could kind of get it above above me. And I realized that the room we're in isn't our room. It was the room I used to stay in when I went to my grandparents' house, which was super haunted. And I thought that's weird. Like something's off here. And then this is the part that really fucking spooked me. Uh, I even wrote it down when I woke up. <laughs> so I, I'd be able to tell it on the podcast. I felt a presence behind me which is impossible because behind me is the you know the um, the back of the bed and then the wall but I felt someone behind me and it was a like overwhelming presence behind me and it like grabbed like almost like a bear hug around my like my my face and my neck and it and it whispered and I'll fucking never forget this because it scared the shit out of me and it whispered this it whispered Steve Steve I'm going to hurt you I'm going to kill you. Are you serious? And, yeah, yeah. And I wrote it down Steve. as soon as I woke up. That's, that got dark, man. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a long punchline to a joke, to be honest. No, I no, no. Like, I'm 100% serious. And the voice was super freaky. It was, like, almost demonic, like, in, in tone. And that just fucking freaked me out. But eventually, I got hold of it. I actually woke up. Like, real life woke up. And I was just, like, freaked out. Like, what the fuck was that? That's never happened to me before. Usually I see something from far or I feel presence nearby. It's the first time that it like, I heard like a voice from it, which Sheesh, man. I mean, it's probably a bad dream. I mean, that's what it is, right? I know it's not something real. I know it's in my head, but it freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. It uh, startled the fuck out of me. So, yeah. What if it was a toothless man? <laughs> it, it was a, more of a, a woman's voice, I would say, but like a deep, it's, it's the old hag probably. Yeah, a deep woman's voice. Might be but the old hag, dude. Maybe. Anyway, fucking I'm freaky. Scared. That's <laughs> terrifying, man. I can I cannot deal with that. Yeah, it's uh, good times. <laughs> good time, Nestle paralysis. Um, but yeah, so that's why I had to say. <laughs> you guys want to get some questions? That's frightening. 
Let's All right. That. Let's lighten the mood. Yeah, let's lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> so, I actually had a little announcement I wanted oh, to run by. Oh, okay. Uh, so you guys know how I was making movies for a little while there, dabbling in it. Yeah. Um, Steve can attest to this that it's just hard to get people interested and and take it seriously without having to, like manage them, and it just makes it unfun. Um. So yeah, I, I starting to convert some of my stories to novels, and I'm about ten thousand words into one of them. And once I get that up, I'm gonna do the self-publishing and go from there. So it's, it's pretty fun. It's awesome. A good time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, thanks. It's actually pretty fun. It's it's hard, but it's, um, I don't know, kind of liberating. It's cool. Nice. Wow. I love that. Good for you. Can you tease a little what the story's about your writing? Yeah, actually, yeah. It's um, based on one of my short films that I'd started doing last, no, gosh, it's been two years now. Um, uh, it's going to be like a very pulpy um, slasher about a gentleman that his dream is to be Santa Claus, right? To be an impersonator. The problem is he's super skinny, um, has like deformities, things like that, and is obviously mentally not fit. So he goes to audition and he just gets laughed out of the building, insulted, blah, blah, blah. And it makes him snap and he goes from there. Oh, so, nice. yeah, killer Santa. Like it. Love it. So you said it's ten thousand words you're at so far. What's what's the end game here? Like how many words? So what should it be to be? Um, ten thousand is like the minimum for a, a short novella, or whatever. And an average book length is about fifty thousand. So I don't think that I, I have that in me yet. So I'll probably end around twenty thousand, which is I think roughly a hundred pages. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm shooting for right now. I'm just trying to write it like till when it's finished. Not really caring about how long it is. Right. And uh, what's your process? Are you just writing it and kind of coming up with it as you go? Do you have like a, you know, you have like certain points you want to hit that you know it's going to happen or how does it all work? So with this one, since it's based on a short script, um, also something that's really cool too is that with like making movies or whatever, you have to write it to what your ability is. So like I can't obviously put like a meteorite striking earth or anything like that, but with like a book, you can literally write whatever you want. Um, so the process was I had the script and I broke it down and then I just expanded upon that and basically added like characters and thoughts and depth and things like that as far as so I have my notes like with the outline of where I want to go characters who they are what they're doing things like that and then I have like the main I guess script you want to call it to the side awesome cool well let us know like when you you know hit different milestones and stuff and when it's done yes. uh... yeah would love to read it and hear about mm -hmm. it it's an interesting just like even the process it's fascinating to me like how you come up with the idea and how you actually put it to page you know a lot of people just kind of block or mm -hmm. yeah it's difficult because you literally have to describe everything on like a, a movie where you just need to have the shots in your mind but like if you want the guy to go to the door you have to tell the audience or whoever that he's going to the door so it's it's tricky it's a little bit tricky yeah do you have like a style that of an author that you would know like is there someone you seem to be more in line with than another um not off the top of my head i just try not to do some things that bothers me i mean i'm obviously a novice but like stephen king has some really cool stuff but then he, at the same time he's super ultra descriptive descriptive can be like really annoying like the first scene in it where he's discovering stanley's body his wife and she's like oh if i walk to the door this will change my life for 30 like forever but do i dare turn the knot like shut up and open the door my god <laughs> but um yeah i don't know yet i don't know 
Yeah, I agree with you, Stephen King. It's just, yeah, he over-describes a lot of things, you know? Like, I'm sitting at the desk, and I was drinking a water, Nestle Pure Life, which reminded me when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, just like, get the fucking point. <laughs> anyway, back to the clown. Um. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. It's uh, And yeah, like you said, you know, you don't have to worry about all the fucking filming problems that uh, you can let your imagination kind of wherever it wants so yeah ultimately i couldn't i couldn't film killer shannon because it never snowed and then COVID happened and it's still happening so <laughs> yeah uh, speaking of snow i hope everyone out there is okay i hear uh it's getting pretty bad in the u.s with uh big snow dumps so yeah so i hope hopefully a of, did a lot of shoveling this morning <laughs> yeah you guys got hit better bad too i mean bad for us is like um eight inches which is the most i've seen personally i mean that's nowhere near some of the other uh, parts of the country but yeah, for, what about you guys up there, Joe? We haven't, I mean, it's been snowing a lot, but we haven't gotten like anything like massive or major yet where it's like really uh, dumping on us. Yeah. yeah Just like go- six, six inch storm here, six inch storm there. You know, yeah, nothing too crazy. We, we got two feet uh, today. Wow. Jeez. But, <laughs> Whoa. But, yeah, but we, we, have the, we have the infrastructure to handle two feet, right? That's the difference is... Uh, you know, you look at Texas and stuff, they don't have really the tools to deal with a snowstorm yeah, as right. we do. Yeah. So they get like an inch every year and they got like slammed mm-hmm. for their standards. So right. it sucks. Yeah, I, I get two feet and I wake up and my, you know, my driveway is plowed, my street is plowed, the, there's <laughs> salt on the roads. You know, like they, we, we, they we, plow your driveways there? Well, I pay for it. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I got lazy in my old age. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some questions. You can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast, or you can ask us on our Discord. Uh, just ask us for the link. We'd love to have you in. It's a great group with a lot of great discussions. Um, so the first one comes to us from Mandy. She says, hey, squad, you all own a lot of collectibles and autographs. Is there a movie or series you really like that you have nothing for in your collection? Which are uh, Which one... And what would you like to own to represent it? Ooh, great question. That is a good question. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that's more like obscure, I guess. I guess it'd be more like newer stuff. Like they didn't mm-hmm. really make anything for like Get Out. And that's definitely one of my like- Joe, more... that's what I was going <laughs> to say. That's definitely one of my more favorite harmonies. I mean, I have the like the Chris Funko pup um, from Get Out where he's like sitting in his chair, but- it's a Funko Pop, whatever. I'd ra- and like I'd more like to see more stuff from The Witch, obviously, because it's like one of my favorite movies. Like, but uh, yeah, so I'll just go with like newer stuff like that. Um, I would say Get Out for sure, and then also uh, Scream. Whenever I see a lot of Scream stuff, like Joe has, I feel like you have a decent amount. Um, it's just always in the back of my mind, like how much I loved that movie and how much it was like such a great impact on my horror um love i guess in the 90s those people are always at cons too and i never get them either yeah um for me it would have to be an impossible one because he's not alive anymore we've been surprised imagine meeting mm-hmm. him and like on a anything i am legend uh, house on a hill anything like that that'd be so badass you know mm-hmm. but impossible uh, I'll actually mention him from one of my other answers later. Um, for me, um, the remake of Dawn, Dawn of the Dead, I don't have anything for at all. 
uh, other than the movie. Um, that's something that'd be cool to have something from that movie. You know, the also the Night of Living Dead remake. Uh, yeah, Night of Living Dead remake, the Savini one. I do have a signed poster, but I have like not, nothing in terms of figures or anything about that. So I'd love to see something with that mm -hmm. uh, series. It's like amazing, like how like quickly stuff like that can change though. Cause I remember when I first started my YouTube channel, like there was like absolutely nothing uh, like for uh, the it mini series with Tim Curry. And now like, I mean, obviously credit it to the it remake, but there's like so much merch out there now for that uh, original mini series. You know, I have like all of the uh, Pennywise NECA figures they came out with and I got some statues now and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just never know like, like when it might actually drop. And I mean, you got like NECA now just, making stuff that you never thought you get a john nada figure that just came out from they live you get some they live stuff coming out now night of the demons action figures so i mean it's amazing like 30 years later and you're you're still seeing like stuff come out for the first time that was, that was like michael myers too they didn't have anything right outside yeah. of like mm -hmm. since rob zombie and then the remake came and now they have freaking laurie strode as a figure <laughs> right right that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, who, who would have thought you'd ever yeah. get a Final Girls, like, a Laurie Strode action figure? And I would love to see more. Like, I'd love to see, like, a Sydney Prescott or, like, a Nancy oh, action figure badass. or something. Yeah, like, that would be amazing if they did, like, a Final Girls series. Yeah. I get. I don't think they ever will because I don't think that Laurie, that Laurie figure they came out with, I heard, from what I heard, it didn't sell very well. I think the two-pack with her and Loomis sold pretty well, but they That's did strange. that. Yeah, they did that Laurie figure from the 2018 movie on its own, and um, from what I heard, it did well. That's why they sh they should have done like. Oh, if they younger. did the original Lori, that would sell like crazy, no doubt about it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I think uh, Final Girls line would be awesome. Cool. Um, her next question: What item in your collection makes you laugh or brings you joy when you look at it? All of my whole collection brings me joy when I look at it. You know, Sam always catches me just like staring at like at it, you know, from time to time. Um, I guess what brings me the most joy, though. Oh, that, that's so hard. Now it makes um, you laugh like something that or is, laugh. Like, a, like a funny version of something. Or... Um, I don't know. There's nothing that like really makes me laugh. Like I'll look at stuff sometimes and I'll be like, I can't believe I bought that. Like, what was I thinking? Like that was dumb. Why the hell did I? Buy you, have an that? you have an example of that? <laughs> I, I don't right now. Like I'd have to be looking at my collection right now, but probably like the Funko Pup train when I jumped on that. Like now I look at them and I'm like, why did I buy those? However, some of them are worth like really good money now. So like at that, uh, you know, at point I'm like, oh, well, I guess it's a good thing, I guess. But they're just like, there's just no detail to those figures, and I, I'm way more into like the detailed figures yeah i'm glad i never got on that 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 people sunk a lot of money into those right i mean mm -hmm. like i said some of them are worth money like yeah the spalding's worth a bunch isn't it right yeah it's worth like over a hundred and the ghost face one's worth some good money now and yeah a lot of the old horror ones are, are worth some money and then you got like ones that are worth like over a thousand dollars which i don't know who's paying over a thousand dollars for a funko pup but it's hey like the, the, that's what i'm saying like i, I would say like that is Action train to start selling off the you know before before the bottom falls out on those because they have it's like there's so many of them it's it's ridiculous like you would think eventually they're gonna go the way of Beanie Babies but who knows? we'll see yeah it's it's a good entry though to collecting you know if, yeah. for people who is they're not expensive yeah they're cheap um, yeah. you you get figures from movie or TV lines that nothing else will ever happen right you know so if you like something like really random. 
there might be a Funko Pop for it. There'll be nothing else. There'll be no NECA. Yeah. There'll be no nothing else. So, I mean, I, I see the appeal to them, but I guess I'm the same way. Like, I've definitely slowed down on them considerably, you know, now that I'm collecting other stuff. But I still see the value in them uh, for people. Uh, I still like looking at them, like, when we're out at the stores. But Sam, like, hates when I go over and look at them. <laughs> hey, I've gotten better. But, like, yeah. yeah. Joe will go to the Funko Pops and I immediately go the opposite direction. I'm like, I don't even want to waste my energy. No, I don't need that negativity. But now I kind of go over there with him. I'm like, yeah, yeah some of them are cool, but it's just not my You don't thing. You don't own any yourself, Sam? Not a Michael or anything? I do of Michael. Like, no. I feel like all the Funko Pops I have, I've, I haven't purchased myself. They've been gifted to me. So I have like the Hocus Pocus sisters, which is mm. cool. Those are and cool though. I, like yeah. if it's a movie you'd like truly like. I yeah. Guess. And then I, well, have I mean, you a can, few you can click whatever you want, obviously, but yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Yep. Like, I think I only have like four or five tops, like Michael Leatherface. Mm-hmm. I think Ash maybe. Something yeah. like that. I, I have one custom one I had made years ago of uh, Leprechaun. He's pretty cool. <laughs> you never did an official one for him? No. That's so weird. That was still so the well. licensing for him is like impossible from what I heard. Like, have you, I think I've shown you guys the picture before. I'll actually, I'll put this in the discord too, but um, oh my God, I, I think it was Metacom who obviously went out of business, had a planned figure for him and it looked like amazing. It came with his well and it was like a highly detailed looking figure. And then the company went out of business like six months later and they were like the only company that had the licensing for him. And uh yeah, I mean, you haven't seen anything since. I hope maybe eventually NECA will be able to acquire the license for it or something, but yeah, we'll see. I can see like um, like Spencer's has their Chucky dolls. Something like that scale would be so cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, uh, that would be amazing. Or an animatronic, imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that would be amazing. The Scary Closet does a full-size one that's uh, – signed by warwick davis and it's like five thousand dollars i think i sent you a picture once todd of it like, oh yeah, yeah last year i mean it looks amazing but five thousand dollars I, I think that was my so. it's cool but not use car cool <laughs> yeah right exactly um yeah so getting back to the original question uh do you guys have anything that makes you laugh or brings you joy in your collection uh todd anything in your collection uh let's see joy well i love my dawn of the dead poster because it's got george on it um the year before he passed so that's really really cool and it's got all the principal cast except freaking david mg man he keeps getting older and COVID's not helping with the cons so i i'm so desperate to meet that guy um as far as uh comedic i have a picture of me and sid Haig with my daughter and a couple months later he passed away and i remember like i flipped off the camera on accident so just it's a chuckle to me but it was a good time what about you sam um I don't know how does one pick i guess i would go with my any of my vinyls that i have because it doesn't take up a lot of space and then you can just put on whatever record that is your favorite horror score and it just kind of takes you back to watching the movie cool um for me i mean like like you said i mean we're collectors so I, you know most of it brings me joy i wouldn't buy it i especially like um i have these like gnome figures of a lot of the horror icons that i got at cons here in canada uh love all of those and one that really brings me joy is a pazuzu finger uh figure that i bought from eileen deets herself and she signed the the foot of it and stuff like that so it's just cool to have 
a Pazuzu figure, you know, by made by Pazuzu herself, which I thought was really cool. As far as make me laugh, uh, I bought this stupid thing not too long ago, but it just makes me laugh every time I look at it. So I'm kind of happy I bought it. It's uh, a tubs. It's a, a rubber ducky of Reagan, and she's like in an exorcist bathtub. I don't know, man. It just it just makes me laugh. It, it was like super cheap and. Why not? You know, it just amused me. So that's probably uh, the one I think about when for that question. A little, little bit off topic, but do the Dawn of the Dead remake actors do cons up there, Steve, since a lot of them are Canadians? Uh, not that I've ever seen, no. Oh, strange. Yeah. I know, I know Lindy Booth is up there, and yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Pauly is from up here, too, but... Um... No, they don't. Uh, I've never seen anyone do anything from that one. And that's why it's a, I would totally get something signed, but it's not looking likely, unfortunately. Um, all right. And her next question, what did Sam plan to make Todd watch and Steve plan to make Joe watch had the Super Bowl gone the other way? <laughs> Sam? Um, I actually didn't think about it, so I don't even know. I probably would have asked Steve like an option or Joe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, for me, I mean, I've been waiting two years to pass pawn this on someone. Uh, I guess I'll have to wait another year, but definitely Velocipaster. So uh-huh. I, I, I just want someone on this podcast to either prove me right or prove me wrong. Um, so that would probably be the one that I would pick for Joe. Are you going to have the ones I had for you, I uh, had for you on what watch, Steve? So uh, I watched two of them for this week, and I'm going to watch the other one for next week. Nice. Yeah, sure. Sam doesn't uh, skip out on it, Joe. I won't. I told Sam she's. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch it with her, but we're gonna watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's possessed in the video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not possessed. That's just me rolling my eyes all the way to my butt. Ooh. <laughs> um. All right. And Maddie's- I told Joe though. I was like, Joe. Never mind. It's probably a little too much. Never mind. Oh no no. <laughs> Keep it going. I was like, Joe, if I'm turned off from you, you better blame the special, not me. It's not my fault. <laughs> Just get him a box. He'll be fine. No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And her last question. It's been a while since uh, we had a fuck, Mary kill. So how about an A24 version of it? Um, so she lists Maud from St. Maud, Annie from Hereditary, and Danny from Midsommar. Is Annie from Hereditary? Is Annie's not the kid. Right? Is, is, is Tony Collector? It's like that's kind of dark. I was for like, Ooh. Ooh, I'm definitely tough. gonna marry Danny, for sure. But she does have a lot of baggage, do I guess. You know, she does have a lot of of mental baggage. But who um, doesn't though? Yeah, right. I mean, Maud's no uh, walk in the park either. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna. Ma- I guess I'd marry her. Um, and then I would uh, fuck Tony Collette's character, and then I'm killing Maud because, uh, yeah, she scares me. Um, I'm banging Danny, and then moving multiple states away so she can't find me. Oh, um, I'm gonna marry Tony Collette because she's a sweetheart, and I'm killing uh, old Maud there because she's a fucking psycho. <laughs> uh, this is tough. Um, definitely killing Maud. Um, I guess I'll marry Tony and then sleep with Danny. All right. 
Uh, Asleep, like nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't say fuck. I heard you say fuck on your live stream the other day. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> um, I would marry Danny as well. Uh, I would fuck Maude, and I would definitely kill Annie. I love Tony Collette, but I don't want no one like fucking cl- cl- uh, going up the fucking wall and ceiling and shit, and like staring at me from the other side of the room. Or well, she wouldn't do that if the tragedy didn't happen so if you're like her new husband you don't have those kids right so you're fine right yeah i don't know like yeah. Dan, danny's danny's fucking crazy you like eat the last oreo she fucking burn you <laughs> all right uh next series of questions comes from uh chuck he says you get to open a horror themed restaurant how do you theme it and what is your signature dish I gotta go. I guess I'd go slasher themed, just because I feel like that is what like people know the most of, you know. So, and then my feature dish would be uh, Freddy Krueger pizza. Oh, that's cool! Little meatballs, little meatball faces. Yeah, (laughs) love it. You got one, Sam? Um, trademark, by the way. (laughs) Horse quad, (laughs) copyright. I don't know. Maybe I would want to do like a feature creature kind of thing. And then my specialty would be themed nachos. Oh, like what kind of theme? Like who? Like creature themed nachos? They can be like green chips. Yeah, like it would be called like the creatures nachos or something like that with like a bunch of jalapenos. A bunch of jalapenos on it, a bunch of like green onions, mm. and then it comes with like a blue high C or something. Oh, nice. nachos from the Black <laughs> Lagoon. I like it. Love it. <laughs> I would do a themed restaurant uh, like in Pulp Fiction, Jackrabbit Slims, where they walk in as a bunch of actors. Instead of actors, it'll be Ooh. horror characters as your waiters. So we're talking, uh, we're talking Frank walking around, bumbling around, taking your order. We got uh, Dracula, like, creeping on your lady from behind scaring her a little bit Aww, love it michael myers he's just in the bathroom that's it he's just standing there doesn't that's say anything all. he's just in the corner um signature dish let's go with a, a zombie chili and that's got like yeah. everything. if you order the zombie you get everything so i'm talking about jalapenos you got some beans for those who like beans i don't like beans but whatever chili <laughs> some onions in there we'll throw in some uh, sour cream on top a little little sprinkle of cheese all right zombie chili love it i love it too can i make a suggestion with the chili todd yes. if you could do like the jalapeno cornbread or something oh. and sir and do like a jalapeno jam so it kind of looks Oof. like blood Ooh. <laughs> opening in vegas would be a hit there you go um actually uh, what you both described is close to monsters cafe at universal studios so it's uh, what i've never yeah. been there they must not have it in california though. no it's the one at least the one in orlando i've never been in the california one cool. so yeah it's a uh, super awesome the inside is all universal monster themed and uh for halloween horror nights the um, they have like actors walking around fucking around with you and stuff so that's so cool good times uh for me i mean a clear answer i would make a kuso theme restaurant and serve chocolate pudding with peanuts. Oh, God. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sick. Steve, uh, have you ever been to, uh, it's at Disney World, the restaurant that it's like a 1950s like drive-in where they play like the old sci-fi movie? Yeah, uh, sci-fi dining cafe. Yeah, that place yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It plays old, uh, it plays commercials for old sci-fi horror films. Yeah. And I've actually reviewed a few that I found through that, <laughs> those videos. 
uh, like uh, The Amazing Colossal Man and stuff like that nice. is stuff I watched the trailer for at Sci-Fi Dining Theater. Nice. So I tried to take Sam there when we were there, but I think the wait was like super long. Yeah, you know, you gotta like reserve six months ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, sheesh. Yeah, yeah, That's insane. A, yeah, it's it's super popular. That's cool. You're in a car and everything, and it looks like you're outside. It's it's fucking awesome. Huh? Mm-hmm awesome place but my serious answer would be i'd like to have a killer clowns ice cream shop and just nice. have, like, the killer clowns uh mm-hmm. you know walking around serving the ice cream and stuff stuff like that so i love the killer clowns i think they're awesome um all right his next question is what is your holy grail item from a movie or an autograph cost isn't an issue mm. probably jack's axe from the shining would probably be my my go-to on that one that that was probably thrown away too no someone owns it oh really uh, yeah, yeah yeah it, it like went off on auction like year a few years back or something and uh because i'm in a horror prop group and like the guy was talking about how like his like his neighbor like owns it or something like that so, there, there, yeah. there's a there's more than one because I, i've seen it in person um wow they had it at planet hollywood in orlando um, amazing one I, I don't know if it's still there because they they swap stuff around but right. i know for sure they had at least one at one time and I, I was just like holy shit that's... right yeah there's probably a ton because like you know he i think like well he did 60 doors right yeah i mean <laughs> yeah i was gonna say kubrick's like notorious for you know hundreds of takes so i'm sure there's a ton of axes out there uh, danny's trike would be up there too that'd be dope too yeah <sighs> Holy grill item, huh? Well, I already talked about David M.G.'s autograph. It's not like a huge thing, but it's big to me because, I mean, my favorite movie and he's the last one I need. Plus, these guys are old, man. Um, as far as props, this one fucking bothers me because in the uh, Chainsaw Confidential book, Gunnar Hansen's book about um, Texas Chainsaw, he said they threw away just boxes and boxes of TCM stuff like Leatherface's mask like pro uh it, like just on the side of the road yeah I'm like, gosh. yeah yeah imagine just that like that is so depressing imagine just well, picking through that man just I taking mean, the movie you was like made for like no money i mean they probably you know yeah. they didn't think it was gonna turn into anything so man imagine just like oof going back in time and just like right oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean who i mean that mask now would fetch you know oh my god oh. it probably looked Same like uh myers mask all like decrepit now Mm-hmm. probably yeah it's, i would assume so yeah i wonder what it was made out of like or like i wonder how like where did they got did they make that i'm assuming or, like, i don't know the exact story it? it's got to yeah. be latex though right um, man that'd be so cool or yeah. it's like chainsaw oh but, yeah 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 and joe what was the auto- your autograph uh like holy grail oh holy grail autograph um i'll just stick um probably black philip like his paw print <laughs> nice. is he still alive as far as you know from what i heard yeah like i heard he they retired him and he's like just living out his life on a farm i, I i'm assuming when he does die it will be like headline news they'll probably make so, beef jerky like in out of community, so. no goat jerky for joe dude they should do that totally goat jerky and like a little themed like plastic pack oh like black philip goat jerky yeah that would sell out you could sell it at the restaurant <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and we can stuff his head for the restaurant yeah. i don't know like why they're not doing that like if i owned black philip i would totally be like selling like his like prints like his his shit prints. yeah <laughs> his shit yeah there you go. maybe because they don't want to exploit him <laughs> yeah all right fine 
the movie was filmed uh, in my province, so right. <laughs> maybe I got to go. I think go. I did hear he was. Go in find Canada. him, Steve. Oh, that's like super close, actually. <laughs> oh, interesting. Go okay. find him, Steve. Yeah, I'll go find him for you. Make a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Finding Philip. All right. <laughs> what about you, Sam? What's your Grail autograph? Um, autograph. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not too big with autographs, but I would say for a movie prop would be um, the teacup and the spoon from Get Out. Joe and I always talk about that. Or like Chris's cool, camera yeah. would be really cool. That would be cool. I would think your autograph grill would probably be Jamie Lee. That's true. I just don't like yeah. thinking about it because it makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think she'll have, I, I've been told she's going to do another con one day. So I think you might have a chance. Three hour Maybe line like right in the next 10 years. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe when the third one comes out, if yeah. she's still alive. I've been told like her because her agent there is uh Sean Clark who like he's pretty big on like social media and stuff like that and he says he thinks he could convince her to do like one more because she did the last one for charity and she made like a ton of money for charity. where at though where she where uh, she do horror, that it was horror hound I think it was either Cincy or Indy she did fuck how did I not go well when was that uh it was like, like long time maybe ago? like no it was like maybe like five or six years ago someone like that yeah, yeah. might have been Which, what well, was really cool for the photo op she bought the original slate from the original Halloween and like she took like the picture like holding the slate that's awesome yeah um as for my grail item I mean something from Dawn would be fantastic uh but something from Ghostbusters is something I'd be like the PKE meter or maybe the Stay Puff like that like maquette that they used for the filming or something like that oh, I yeah. think would be really fucking cool what about the Ecto-1 <laughs> it's a little big you know? yeah and uh yeah but as far as something i could display in the house you know uh yeah i think that would be my favorite stuff and the autograph is the same as todd said before uh vincent price would be just the mm. absolute coolest thing ever but you know I'm... did you guys see how they found the pet cemetery truck that ran over gauge like at a uh they found it in like a junkyard up in maine no oh, yeah, that's cool. yeah that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's see so chuck's last question is if you could have any creature as a pet, guaranteed they wouldn't harm you, what would it be? <laughs> a crate. Oh, I love it. Yeah. You gotta go, you gotta go uh, Mogwai, right? Yeah, I was gonna say a gremlin. Oh, yeah. cute. Yeah, that'd be so cool. So, so not Black Phillip? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be awesome too. Yeah, of course. Eat, eat your house though. Fucking goats are <laughs> <Sure, yeah. laughs> Mow the lawn for you though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, actually, did you guys see? Because I, I would also pick uh, Mogwai. Um, did you guys see the commercial of the kind of sequel to Gremlins? I haven't uh, seen it yet. I saw that it posted a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah, it's right? a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah, but, uh, worth checking out. Just like thirty seconds of your life that you'll give you a smile at the very least. All right. Okay. Um, all right, and the next question comes to us from Horror Fan Ryan. He says top five slow burn movies. Ooh. Now, maybe just that's like an episode by itself. Yeah, I know, maybe right? just a few on the top of your off the top of your head. I mean, obviously the witch. Yeah. You know, I'll just go all A twenty four. I'll I'll go like my top three A twenty four. Uh, the the witch, Midsummer, Hereditary. I like it. Midsummer th- for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna throw uh Sons of Lambs out there. Hmm. We, that's yeah. actually a really good topic for a show actually we might need to hold that one in our back pocket yeah mm-hmm. yeah no i agree 
Do you consider like the shining slow burn horror? I was just I was just oh, thinking, yeah, yeah, it's definitely I think slow so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, uh, just on the topic of the shining, I'm actually recording another podcast uh tomorrow uh, called um Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I've been on it before, I did a scream episode with them and they invited me back to talk about the shining. So nice Sweet. fun times. What yeah. was that for everybody again? It said the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Sweet. Yeah, so they, they cover like movies from all genres, but you know, when they got horror, they refer to me uh, because I They call him the expert. They call him the horror freak, you know? They refer to the runner-up and the trivia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> oh. Are you guys going to talk the miniseries as well or just the movie? Uh, the, he mentioned They're going to mention it during the episode, but there's no review of it or anything like that. Gotcha. Same thing for Dr. Sleep and stuff like that, so... Um, all right, and our last question comes to us from Weezerface. She says, super serious question that immediately comes to mind. How can we steer horror away from demonizing mental illness? It's been a crutch for the genre since the beginning. Movies like Halloween have tried to handle it diplomatically. Yes, he's an escaped psych patient, but he's not mentally ill. He's pure evil. Hmm. This is like a That's really a great this, question. It is a good question. It's, it's probably a better to answer like during say mod um because i don't want to go too deep into um like my thoughts on it but like i think saint Maud, obviously like i'm sure she's referring to saint Maud when it comes to this one um but i i don't know if it's like i think honestly it it brings awareness i guess to like mental illness in a way um so i don't think it's like a complete negative um thing I think, I think one that's kind of tasteful is Unsane, right? They didn't really yeah. poke fun at anybody. Yeah. Right. It's kind of hard, though. It's a double-edged sword, right? Because Yeah. I, I don't think they're, like, poking fun of it at St. Maud either. I mean, I think it's no. well, pretty well in this one as well. And, like, you know, and like Hereditary is a really good example about, yeah. like, a family dealing with, you know, obviously, like, a tragedy and grief and stuff like that. So I guess you can argue, though, like, every horror villain is a mental thing right right you're I, I not think killing people when you're sane hopefully it's such like an important aspect of the genre like you know men you know and i'm, I'm sure like you know I, I guess she's dealing more with like mental illness more than like because like then i like you could also talk like pet cemetery and like um you know with the family dealing with the tragedy of gage and stuff but i think she's obviously going more towards like people who are dealing with you know um medical like mental illnesses and stuff like that um but yeah, I mean, I think it brings awareness to it more than anything. Um, so, uh, you know, you can take it for good more than bad, Hope you know, hopefully. Yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, tr- it's a tricky subject uh, for it sure. It is, yeah. <laughs> you know, mental illness covers a whole swath of different things. And it's nice that it's finally being talked about more openly in society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hidden for a long time. Like, um, and that's a good thing. Um, I'm sure, sh- yes, absolutely. Horror films have used it as a crutch. You know, he's just yeah. crazy uh, is what they would say. But I think movies like St. Maude and stuff are going to start putting a different awareness on mental illness. But, you know, you're always, you can always see it two ways. I mean, that's just with almost anything in life. Right. Uh, you could look at it as a knock on mental illness. Like you could look at it as awareness and mental illness. It comes, it comes down to a matter of perspective, I think. I was just reading articles, I know it's not horror, about a movie called Music uh, that Sia had done. That, oh, um, yeah. And it's like fucking, you go on Twitter and type that movie and people on both sides really like strongly feel that it, either it's a huge movie for mental illness or a huge like disservice to mental illness. And there seems to be no middle ground for anyone. Right. So I think it's just 
it's good that we're having the discussion I think is really yeah I was gonna that's what I was gonna say Steve is like even though maybe people can't agree on one point of that it's good that there's a discussion being had yeah for sure and um yeah anyone anyone want to add anything and I just want to say Danny and um Tony's character they're not crazy they've just experienced severe trauma okay I just, I just want to say Tom in P2 is just misunderstood. He's not crazy. He's just love struck, you know, and he just doesn't know how to go about it. Right. But Tommy, justice for Tom. He doesn't know. He doesn't know about the boundaries. You know? <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, he doesn't know about that. He picked out a nice dress though. Give yeah. him credit. Yeah. I think we're trending in, in the right direction for sure. Like I, yeah. I, I think we'll, I'll leave it at that. Cause like, obviously, you know, you look back at like movies of the eighties and, you know, uh, yep. for some reason, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night comes to mind where maybe it wasn't handled with the most, uh, you know, care. care. Does, it, yeah. does it have to be, though? Because at the end of the day, it's horror, right? It's right, not, yeah. It's not drama. It's Absolutely. not one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. You know what I mean? It's right. literally a Santa Claus. Damn it. Killer Santa. Sure. Um, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, I, I get what she's saying, though. Totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, I can see both sides of this for sure. Because it is like the horror genre is more meant for fun, I guess you could say. Yeah, dumb, but, dumb fun. Right. But I mean, then you get movies like St. Maud, which obviously handles it a lot more serious and stuff like that. So I think it also well, depends on the Well, it could be for fun, but it's inspired and taken from like real life stuff. So that's where it gets sticky and calling it like, oh, it's just fun when it's like the directors and the story writers take a lot of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think sometimes though, it is just a movie and you need mm-hmm. to be able to separate um, like real life from a movie. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, if, yeah exactly. You can, you can be sympathetic to Leatherface then cause he's got, you know, mental handicap as well. And by right. the end of the day, he's literally just a slasher. He's not mm-hmm. representing you know, right. retard- retardation or anything like that. He's just literally killing people. Right. And then, but then you have people who write like theses on Leatherface. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's all the questions we had. So thank you very much to everyone with the questions. We super appreciate it. And uh, now a word from our sponsor. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. What watched? Who wants to lead off? I'll go since uh, it's a punishment. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. all right, yeah. Um, so just to be clear, uh, I lost the Super Bowl bet again. Stupid Chiefs always make me lose. <laughs> and um, Joe gave me uh, two different options last week. He gave me double uh, XX, and he gave me what was the other one called? It was called American Poltergeist Two: The Poltergeist of Borley Forest. Stupid um, long name. Fuck okay. <laughs> it. Um, so I'm gonna do XX next week. Uh, I meant to do it for this week. I just ran out of time, but I did want I did want to do at least American Poltergeist two. But to get to that, I'm gonna first review American Poltergeist one. <laughs> um, so I'll start with that one. So American Poltergeist 2015 over on Tubi. Shocker. Who, who else but Tubi would have these fucking movies? So in this one, a, 
a group of I said I I thought this when I first watched it, I thought this is the one that Joe had asked about because and you'll know why when I read it a group of students rent the Lizzie Borden house for the semester on the anniversary of the original murders Lizzie starts killing everyone off so I thought for sure this was a, a Joe pick because it had to do with Lizzie Borden but apparently not <laughs> um so this one not shocking fucking terrible acting awful dialogue uh, you can fucking oh god this pisses me off at least four or five times in the movie i could see the film equipment either in the mirror or in the reflectionist things and that just always just rips me right out of the movie uh you could see that like there's one scene in particular you could see the fucking light like the giant light in the back of the room it oh, just man. oh man yeah terrible it's just super low budget um not a lot of good to say about this movie it's long it's boring, but I will say this, uh, the scary bits, although the majority of them are really terrible, there are a few that actually hit. Um, the Lizzie Borden character is particularly scary, and that surprised me. Uh, they had decent makeup. I wouldn't say good makeup, but decent makeup on her, and there's another character that her face contorts in a really unnatural way, and that was kind of spooky, so it's not good. <laughs> That's for damn sure, but it's definitely not the worst I've ever seen, so... Did they film it in the actual house? No, no. I don't. I I, oh, I, re I really don't think so. Anyway, uh, jo Joe or and Sam could probably confirm that, but um, it doesn't look like the one I, I, the pictures I've seen. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, but it's definitely not the worst I've seen. So American Poltergeist on Tubi. What about you, Sam? Um. What about you, Joe? What does Sam watch? <laughs> you know, it's like Joe. Okay, guys. So we watch the first episode of Clarice. Did you guys check it out by chance? No. Oh, what is that? Will you? <gasps> what do you mean, what is that, Todd? Like Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, yeah. it's Oh, I forgot CBS. they had that show. Yes, it's on CBS. The first episode aired last week. Um, I don't, okay, so it's just like a, your normal crime show. Um, I don't remember a lot about Silence of the Lambs, so I was telling Joe that I want to rewatch it because I was asking all of these questions from the movie just to kind of see if the show is like true to whatever happened to the movie and all of this stuff. And um, they make Clarice like a punching bag. Like, I don't know. They just make her really weak and frail. And I was like, was she like that from the movie? Is it before or after the movie? It it's takes, after. It's like a year after she killed. It's Buffalo a year Bill. after, yeah. It's a year after the Buffalo Bill. That's strange because in the beginning of that movie, she was shit on, and then afterwards, I figured she would have been celebrated. Yeah. Well, they're like your mental health is frail, so I don't know if you should be working in the field. But there's another woman who knows that she's really good and wanted her to come out to this new team. But it's just, of course. An old man who's Fucking. trying to bring her down because he's intimidated by Clarice. Fucking you know dudes, what? right? Me, me and my girl Clarice, we're not putting <laughs> up with it. So take your old ball sack and retire because it's our time. Shine, Clarice, shine. <laughs> played, played by uh, Abraham from The Walking Dead, who actually looks like, it's like they aged him. He looks huh. like so different. And, he looks and, so and, different. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and it also has uh, Cal Penn in it from uh, Harold yeah. and But yeah, it takes place a year after the Buffalo Bill murders. Uh, it's, you're never going to get uh, Hannibal Lecter in this series because of licensing like reasons. You might get I his guess. voice though, right? 
I don't think so. From what I heard, they're not going to involve him like whatsoever. Um, you got some flashbacks of Buffalo Bill in this one. Which are pretty creepy so far. Yeah, it was all right. But, I mean, Sam seemed to enjoy it, so I guess I'll continue on watching with her. But based on the pilot, it's not something I would continue on with by myself. It was just like your basic like Law & Order type TV show. So I was like, meh. Okay, so I don't know if I enjoy it. I mean, I'm going to give it a couple more episodes to see, but yeah. it's her her accent throws me off a little bit. Yeah. Um cuz I'm like, okay, you're not Jody, like stop. I'm even though she's supposed to, Yeah, she's Even like, though she's supposed to, to be Clarice, yeah. but it's fine. So, I'm going to I'm going to give it another try. I'm going to I'm going to try to stay in for as long as I can. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think we're going to I don't think we're going to stay on long. I think it'll probably get canceled, honestly. Yeah, I, feel I think like it will. I think it all might. All of the as well. shows like well, that. It's not Sounds of the Lambs without Hannibal Lecter. And if you're not going to like get Hannibal Lecter in that show ever, like what's the point of continuing on with it? You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know. Maybe she'll get some other serial killer. I mean, yeah. she will, obviously. Like, but, and that's like the thing. They're like, they're not even like hunting a serial killer in this one, right? Like, well, there's yeah. like someone killing people, but like it's like they get it it's like seems like it's some sort of like government cover-up thing or something from if, just I'm, the recent killer yeah that she right is. right which they're going to be chasing i'm assuming for the whole season or something so i'm like well, no that one of... was she already solved that one I think. oh did she see well it shows how much i paid attention to that episode <laughs> well no but they didn't catch the guy okay but they know that yeah it's fine. well she yeah well she th- she has a theory but they're like no they're like we don't believe you he's like no don't say yeah. it's that say it's this and then of course she like goes against that anyways it's fine check she it out she should have been like how many buffalo bills did you kill bitch and then said i <laughs> exactly. and then a hair flip and then a hair flip and walked away exactly right. and then joe kept doing his voice todd or big great big frat later stop i i told joe i go joe if you ever do that voice in the dark i'll kill you i'm you're gonna die i'm gonna kill you <laughs> you need to put some lotion on oh my god my name so is buffalo creepy. Bill. give me one joe give me one was she a great big fat person oh we gotta watch that one um all right mine is I only have one this week. The rest were non-horror. I did Back to Future 1 and Indiana Jones 1 on the big screen. The projector, really good time. Back to Future is one of the best movies of all time. I'll fight anybody. Um, but 2011's uh, Lucky McGee directed. He did May, uh, Tales of Halloween, uh, uh, All Trailers Die, stuff like that. And this one's called The Woman, currently on Shutter. And, okay, this one's uh, very weird. Has anyone seen it, first of all? The Woman? The Woman, yeah. I haven't, no. Right, but I do so like Wecky McKee. He, he's done some pretty good stuff. He has, and it stars Sean Bridgers, who isn't that the guy that... No, I'm thinking of someone else. Anyway, all right, so this family, right? This uh, head of the household, this guy, he's a lawyer, and he's a complete prick. You can tell something's off with him because his, uh, his he's got two, uh, three daughters, one son. The wife is played by Angela Bettis, and she's very timid. And you can kind of tell, like, this guy probably beats everybody. Um, but he's out hunting and he sees this girl, this woman, um, that guy's from Walking Dead who, uh, Steve, what's her character's name? The trash people leader. She had the bull cut. Oh, the Jadis? Jadis. There you go. She plays the woman and he finds her. She's bar- basically like a feral person. She's naked. 
bathing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she acts like an animal and stuff. So he has this plot to capture her. So he does. Takes her to his cellar and chains her up and says, we're going, it's our duty to tame her, um, to turn her from a savage into a person. He's not ultra-religious or anything. He's just a fucking psychopath. Um, so basically the movie goes where they're holding this girl hostage. Meanwhile, there's a subplot where the daughter, the oldest one, had something happen to her. Either she's beaten by him, raped by the dad, something like that. Um, and it's just fucking weird. The, the guy is ultra abusive. Um, he slaps the wife for no reason. He uh, belittles the main daughter for no reason. He loves the son who's borderline rapist. And all you know, along that, you have this girl locked in the freaking cellar. Um, eventually, things come to a head where the teacher comes to the house to talk about why the daughter is missing school. And then the guy snaps and just fucking goes crazy. Um, the last 20 minutes are like, go from nothing's happening to everything happening all at once. Like violence, 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 dogs eating people. Um, you got this girl cutting this kid in half and so on. The problem I had with it was one, the soundtrack was terrible. It, it's like, it almost sounded to me like Lucky McKee had a friend that had a band. He's like, you can do soundtrack for nothing. So I'll put him in there. It was so bad. The acting was horrific at times. And I just don't know what the movie wanted to be. Um, they, fo- they didn't focus on the woman that much. They focused on the family drama. And he was an abusive father. So that was kind of annoying. But yeah, I can't recommend this one. The violence is good at the end. But other than that, it's, it's forgettable. So the woman, 2011, currently on Shudder. Alrighty. Sammy. Do you want to talk My turn about, again? Yeah, you want to talk about uh, the Cecil Hotel one? Yeah, we can both Together? talk about it. All right. Um. So, do you guys remember the story about um, Elisa Lamb? She stayed at the Cecil Hotel, and yes, it Korean, was like the Korean thing, girl, right? Yeah, it was the thing that just kind of blew up on the internet. So Netflix just released um, the Alyssa Lamb documentary. And it's so bizarre. Like, I remember seeing this case. Okay, so the thing is, like, she traveled from, did she, where did she live at, Joe? Do you remember? Vancouver, probably. Yeah, I was going to say. Canada. Canada, yeah, Canada. yeah. So she decided to travel um, to California, and she ends up staying at the Cecil Hotel, which is, like, widely known for being such a horrible, scary, um, just really, like, I don't know, my opinion, evil hotel, like not just spirit wise, but like people had a lot of like bad drugs and crime and stuff like that. And it's really gone downhill. Anyway, she goes and travels by herself. And then the last footage of her scene is her in this elevator. And she's like pressing all the buttons, goes in and out, kind of looks like, oh my God, Raven just scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Um, Sorry. So she goes in and out of the hotel or the elevator. It's just really creepy. Anyways, I remember seeing this like on a YouTube video and someone was talking about it and it scared the crap out of me. And so they go through like all of the phases of her case being pretty much trying to be solved on the internet. Um, Joe, do you want to add anything right now? I'll wait until you're done. Okay. So it's just crazy because... And then they end up finding her body in the water tower on top of the hotel. And it's interesting because they interview the manager. They 
kind of interview a janitor that found her body. They interview this poor guy who had a pretty like spooky, scary persona online. And they assumed that he killed her just because he had stayed at this hotel. It was just, I don't know, it was just strange, just all of the people kind of involved. Um, And then they were also interviewing like YouTubers, which is fine because there's a lot of great channels that I watch that do like a lot of crime doc and deep dives and stuff into like stuff like this. Um, But it was just a little too much for my preference. And then they had another guy who was like obsessed with this case which I think he's creepy. Like he talks like he knew her. He gets really emotional about it. And it's like, yeah, I kind of got attached to her too because they go through her Tumblr because she was a very um, like expressive person using Tumblr. It was like her online diary pretty much. And so everyone gets attached to it. But anyways, it was just really interesting. And I don't know. I kind of think that, um, I think that maybe she took some drugs or something. I think maybe she picked something up from someone and she was hallucinating. And I think that maybe she um, had some kind of argument or some kind of like, I don't want to say fight with someone and maybe they accidentally killed her and then put her in the water tank. That's what I think. I don't think she would have been hallucinating to find her way up to the staircase all the way up to the roof of the hotel. I think someone accidentally killed her and then tried to hide her body in the water tank. That's just what I think. Did you mention that this was like the hotel it's based on American Horror Story? American, it's not, it's American well, Horror Story yeah. has a season of has the Has a season like based on the hotel because the hotel, so like that was like what I found like maybe, maybe the most interesting about the documentary is like the history of this hotel because I think the actual case is pretty like open and shut like i don't think there's like as much mystery as people want to put on it honestly um but they like went you know they did like a real good history on the hotel and you know Mm -hmm. how it's on skid row which is just like the shadiest part of la and just all the bad stuff that happens on skid row and just like you know how you know basically the how seedy and dark history this hotel had um, as far as like the Elisa Lamb part of the documentary, um, you know, I thought it was like it was an okay documentary, but my God, like first of all, it's four episodes long, which is like just way too long for this case. Um, and like they they do like a whole episode on the web sleuths, like wh- who are like these like YouTubers that like you know obviously try to like solve cases, um, and they just go into like the most insane ridiculous conspiracy theories like about this like they went into a fucking thing about how how the movie dark water like someone watched the movie dark water and wanted to reenact that murder like or something it it just got like so uh, like out of control for me that i'm just like i was like rolling my eyes at some points um but man like the and then like how they just ruined this poor guy's life who is like he's like a black metal musician and just because he stayed like at the same hotel they completely like ruined this guy's life like his youtube channel got shut down his facebook accounts got shut down the guy like tried to commit suicide because he was like basically like they ruined this poor guy's life who had absolutely nothing how did they ruin it um so they thought just because he stayed at that hotel that he and because he does like black metal death metal music that he had to have been the one that murdered her 
Um, so basically, they started reporting his YouTube channel, his Facebook. They found accounts. out his name, his they job. Found out his I name. think they started sending him death threats and stuff like that. This was the cops like, or the YouTube people. YouTube, the internet. Oh, the YouTube online. people. Oh, the, like internet. the internet. Okay, like, I thought the cops yeah, were yeah. like doing it. it. Oh no. It was like a, a witch hunt, basically, on this guy that people they thought, you know, killed her, and he didn't kill her. In fact, no one failed to, like, do any research, and that he made this YouTube video of him at the hotel a year before um, she was even at the hotel, and he also um, was recording an album and has, like, contracts of, like, the day that she was murdered and stuff like that, so this poor guy you know, his life is completely ruined. And he even says, you know, like once, you know, the cops ended up going and like talking with him and obviously he was cleared and stuff. And he's like, do I get, did I get an apology? Like, was there any like sort of news? Like this guy was on like headline news, like in Asia, like saying that he was the one that murdered her and stuff like that. Like it, it just great. Like, it's just sad. Like, well, how like the internet, like can do stuff like that, like to someone like, I mean, I found Cancel that to culture, be really, man. yeah, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, as far as like the Lisa Lamb thing, I mean, I think it's an open shut case and I, I think they do do a good job of kind of bringing it all back together by the last episode. Um, you know, she's a girl that suffered from bipolar disorder and also was dealt with many manic episodes that her family can attest to. Um, so I, you know, and you know, it was ruled, you know, an accidental death that, you know, she basically went up there and and died and i think it's as simple as simple as that um and i think you know obviously once the internet gets involved and just because there's a weird video people go into some weird ass shit that gets you know just crazy that video is weird though bro it is weird but if you know if you hear like what her family said like she dealt she you know she dealt with like manic episodes like that so i mean i don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility that she was also not taking her medication um, so I, I don't think it's like, and also the video is that. edited, like it's split different multiple times, as you can oh. see, like on the counter. So that's like another thing that they talked about. They make it look like she's hiding, hiding a yeah. seeking. But you know, it, it, yeah, overall, it's a pretty, it's, it's definitely a documentary I liked worth it. a watch, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's, it gets a little crazy here. It gets a little ridiculous here and there, but it, it's worth a watch. It's interesting, especially if you're not like well-versed in the case. Cool. Yeah, you know, I, I've only seen it like on ghost t- top tens or whatever. You know, they always associate it with some kind of ghost, like leading her somewhere or a demon or something. So mm-hmm. it's good that they can shed like a real life light on it as opposed to just internet conspiracy theories, I guess. Um, all right. My next one, unfortunately, is the one part one of the movies Joe made me watch as part of the punishment for the Super Bowl. So American Poltergeist 2, the Poltergeist of Borley Forest, 2012. So it was actually before American Poltergeist 1, which is weird. Um, and of course, fucking where else but Tubi would have this shit. Um, a girl gets haunted by a malevolent ghost in uh, after going into a forest. That's basically the plot of this film. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything good to say here, to be honest with you. It's such an amateur effort. Again, with the fucking visible visible equipment everywhere, the bad sound, bad lighting, bad script, bad acting, the whole thing. It's super long. I think it's an hour 50 minutes. Like why? Why is it an hour 50 minutes? There is so much nonsense that they put into this movie for absolutely no reason. This story could have been told in fucking 45 minutes. Uh, No need to track it out. The special effects for the ghosts, I'm talking, it's like chef's kiss terrible. (laughs) Like it's so fucking bad i could do it better on my phone you know it's just oh my god this movie is just 
it's me it's it's probably like number two is the worst movie i've seen since i've joined the podcast after only um the jonestown one i watched last year uh just ugh. yeah joe did good with this one awful Thank you. just i mean <laughs> maybe you'll like it you know maybe you want to give it a shot and sit there for an hour 15 minutes and prove me wrong uh, that's fine you know it's just my opinion but in my opinion this one is borderline unwatchable what you rate? What you? What's your letterbox rating on that one? Uh, a half star. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. it, it's a two out of ten for me. Like what's... at least, at least they tried. Is basically <laughs> the point I gave them. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wow. I mean, the ghost effects is wow. There's just really nothing. I can't think of something good to say about this movie. That's that's really what it comes down to. Other I than I kind of feel bad that it's an hour and fifty minutes. Oh my <laughs> that god! You why? Had to sit there and watch it for that long. Why? <laughs> I really don't get it. It's just, God, keep that. that and that's a big pet peeve of mine, movies that go too long. Uh, that's actually one of my notes for St. Maud, where I think they did the opposite. They actually made it short and that was perfect. And I hope more movies can learn from stuff like that because there's no sense in making movies too long for the sake of nothing. Right, Joan Sam, you got something else? Oh yeah, I forgot Totter was done. Um, I think Sam, you're done too, right? All right. Well, then I'll, I'll throw one out there. Um, I watched um, Hunted, which is over on Shudder, was released this year, 2021 release. Um, this one is about a woman who is um, out on the town. She's like at a bar and she runs into this guy um, who we find out is um, a serial killer, basically, with his friend. And they end up abducting her and taking her to the woods and basically like try to kill her out in the woods um she does escape and uh the majority of the movie is kind of a cat and mouse game of her trying to stay away from them and them um you know basically attacking her um you know it's kind of a exploitation movie in a lot of ways kind of reminded me of a last house on the left i spit in your grave however you don't really get into too much of like the rapey stuff um you know which is a, a good thing um but uh, overall man this movie the first two thirds of this movie i was like wow this is a hundred percent gonna make my top 10 of the year list and maybe might even go pretty high on that list and then man the third act it just all falls apart uh unfortunately it was just like real really a bummer uh it just gets like so silly so goofy to a movie that started so good like a real serious like good tone acting was like fantastic too especially by uh the main killer guy there um don't know his name off the top of my head but he just puts he, I mean, he makes this movie his performance is so good in this movie um and like they treat it like a um a little red riding hood tale obviously like she's in like this red hoodie the whole movie and like they you know they do like a you know they're like the big bad wolves type thing you know the director was kind of going that way with it which I found kind of cool. Um, but ugh, the third act just killed it for me. Um, still like an, oh, definitely an okay watch. Like, I think it's like, it's not like a terrible movie, but what could have been a top 10 of the year movie for me kind of falls in the, the middle of the pack, um, just based on the third act alone. I hate when that happens. Yeah. 
Um, all right. My last one is sort of along the same lines of what you guys watched. Uh, it's a four-part docu-series on Netflix called Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. So this is the story of uh, Richard Ramirez, who did a bunch of killings in the LA area in the 80s, I believe. Um, so it follows the detectives as they go through their process of you know getting onto the case and then uh, hunting him down and trying to follow the evidence trail that he'd be leaving uh if you guys haven't heard about him this guy's a sick motherfucker uh he'd go into random people's houses rape them and often kill them not always for some weird reason but often would uh, kill the victims there was no rhyme or reason for who he was picking it went from children to old people to couples to men to women to it just you know the race the it didn't matter like he it there's it's totally random so he basically took los angeles and uh scared them all because no one knew no one was safe really from him he can pick any house and any person and rape them and kill them without you know any hesitation uh there's a lot of twists and turns in this case and it's very interesting to follow uh, their process like as they were trying to figure things out uh, the one key piece of evidence they had that was linking all the murders together was his shoe he had a really like super random uh type of shoe that there was only like two of them in California or something. So uh, they were able to track him because of that. But then he killed in San Francisco and the mayor of San Francisco fucking gave that evidence away on, uh, in a press conference. And they just lost the entire fucking case. Uh, at one point they like, they knew exactly where he was going to be. He was going to go to the dentist and they post like a cop there to, to get him. And they just like ran out of money. So like pull him out the day after they pulled him out, he went to that dentist and it's just like f so many fuck ups that could cost so many lives. And it's a really interesting documentary. It's only four parts and it really kept me, it, it keeps moving and it kept me interested. So I'd highly recommend it. If you're into like serial killer stuff and the process of cops and the evidence and all that stuff, super fascinating. So the night stalker hunt for a serial killer on Netflix. How graphic is it? Like crime scene uh, photos? Or... They show crime scene photos, but they don't go into like, you know, too much of the gory stuff. They kind of just recreate it and show a person on the ground with blood, but they won't show like a fucking wound, you know, the wound or anything like that. So, I mean, it's it's graphic. It's not super graphic. That's all I had. We're done. You're done. Is that trivia time? Trivia time. Ooh, okay. So, oh. What was that news, the bit of news we got about the score from last week? Can you guys just let me know again, please? For the <laughs> So uh, we asked Kayla, because she had asked the question, if uh, you should get a point or not. I don't remember what the context was, but uh, she ruled. Where did, where did Frankenstein get his, his brain? Dr. Right, right. That's right. She said university on, on the answer I got. You said a lab. Technically, it's a lab in the university. <laughs> so she gave you the point. So you get the point for that one, Thank which you. Uh, gave you a, your total of seven for last week, I think. Oof. And here is the uh, current standings. Todd and Sam, myself and Sam, are tied. First place, 17 oh. points apiece. Wow. Joe, 15. Stephen, 14. So anyone's game. And let's get into it. Who would like to go first? Joe, that scared me. I was like, what is that? Something's in our apartment. It was a boo sound effect. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Um, okay. Are you ready? Yes. In the Hills Have Eyes from 2006, 
What are the names of the two Carter family German shepherds? Beauty and the Beast. Fine. <laughs> I don't know why I was Point. thinking the wrong turn when you said that. I was thinking <laughs> wrong turn. Yeah. Dang I can it. See that. Beauty and Beast. Got it. As old as time. time. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. That was good. That was a good, good tone. <laughs> um, all right, so they would kill the beast. <laughs> my first two questions uh, I got from uh, Weezerface, so I nice. really appreciate for the questions here. Um, first one: What is the only horror movie featuring Amy Sedaris? I don't what know Sedaris. <laughs> Can I, can I Google her face? Yeah, like, Final, I'm Final Destination. <laughs> no, no, because it'll show, the, it'll show the movie. Not if I Fine. just do an image search, right? Amy. It might show the poster. It might, it might show yeah. the movie she's it'll in. It'll probably show the movie she's if in. If it does, I will be honest. Sedaris. Images. I want to look up her picture. Ooh, what is I that? Wanna... Wait, what's her name? Amy Sedaris? Sedaris. S-E-D-A-R-I-S. Well, I'm gonna find oh, okay. them too. Let me look. Amy Sedaris. Oh, oh, she's like uh she's an older woman. Okay. I don't know. She does not look familiar it to does me. Does not ring a bell at all. No. So I'm gonna go ahead and cheat and look and see if that would make any <laughs> sense at all to me. She does not look familiar to me. All right, you guys give up? No no yeah. no. I'm gonna look at the answer then I'm gonna try to give hints out. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to give a hint out for you guys. I'm helping you guys out. Oh, all right, Todd. All right, hot-ass chick. <laughs> oh, is she hot in the movie? I'm not going to tell you. Oh. Uh, that doesn't help me. It, it does help you. Hot-ass oh. hot ass lady. Oh. With a killer body. Ooh. Jennifer's body. That is correct. Correct. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't Wait, she is? Her in that. I guess, according to this. Yes. Yeah, that, that's what it says, huh? Oh. Who does she know. play? I don't I know. know. She does not look familiar to me. She was probably like in the background for one scene or something. <laughs> <laughs> she plays um I should know Oni Lesnicki. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yes, Tony Lesnicki. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, she's the band manager for uh, Cold Shoulder. Oh, nice. nice. Damn. And yes, I know it's Low Shoulder. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but before I get a message about it. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. My first question was from Farfan Ryan. He sent oh, it over on nice. Twitter, so thank you. Nice. Um, okay. Who did Miguel A. Nunez Jr. play in Return of the Spider. Spider. Correct. Mm. Yeah, baby. Good fucking movie. It is. All right. In what country does the Belko experiment take place in? Oh. Czech Republic. Slovakia? Both incorrect. It's a. Sweden. All right. Everyone is completely wrong, so I will give a hint. It is a Latin country. Oh. Oh, uh, Cuba. Incorrect. Good guess, though. Let's go with uh, Colombia. That is correct. Steven. All right, All right Steve. Good it's a good flick. Story. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know. Why, yeah. What am I thinking? Oh, I'm probably thinking of, um, what was that other fucking film that's in Slovakia? It's uh, 
You're talking about a uh, hostel? Like hostel? Hostel. Yeah. That's on th- yeah, that's that's what's in select. All right, Sam. All righty. So my next question is, for what agency does a friend of the protagonist, Chris Washington, work for and get out? Oh, the TSA. And what does it stand for, Joe? Uh, oh, God. Transportation <laughs> Security Agency. Transportation Safety Administration. Todd got it right. Yes. Well, Thanks, but, Thanks for the assist, Joe. <laughs> but Joe should get a point, too. All right. Thank you. I, uh, I can't make my coworkers listen to this episode now. <laughs> I, I should know. I work with them all the time. And I should know that. <laughs> no. you, you worded that pretty trickly. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah she did. <laughs> all right. Um, I think it's me. Yeah. Uh, my second question, also from Weezerface. All right. What 1985 movie features a scene of an entire church congregation transforming into werewolves? Silver Bullet. That's correct. Nice. Great on the scene. spot right there. I, can, yeah, I love that film. My turn or Joe's turn? I think it might be mine. Go. Yeah, it's Joe. Okay. Uh, Miko Hughes, most famously starred Pet in Cemetery. Pet Cemetery, <laughs> but also starred in this famous horror franchise. Kindergarten Cop. Nightmare on Elm Street. Correct, Sam. Nice. Starred in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Did he really? That movie's a great movie, by the way, Steve. Uh, I love it. I think New Nightmare was ahead Uh, of its time. It was basically screen before screen. Pass on that one. That's good. Too many earthquakes. Granted, I haven't seen it in for a long time, but I remember really liking it. But if I revisited it, who knows? Heather's like perfect MILF status in that movie, though. Mm, Yep. Very (laughs) yummy. All right. Um, all right. This is going to be. I'm pretty sure I asked this one before. I apologize if I did. What is the name of the podcast in Tusk? It's um, a Nazi party. That's right. Shit. Come on, Steve. Damn. Yeah. And Joe got it. <laughs> now I'm rooting for Steve for some damn reason. <laughs> got the goose. Because <laughs> last week making up for it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're at five already. Yeah, baby. Yeah. He's trying to beat your record, Todd. I. Oh, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. The seven will not be beat. All right. <laughs> okay. My next question is... Joe, you're muted real quick. Just make sure. Am I? Yep. yep. Hello? Still, nope, keep you muted. <laughs> Hit the button again. Oh, you bastard. Almost got him. <laughs> okay. Uh, what country is Ginger Snaps set in? Canada. Canada? All right, Joe. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Six points. One from the top. All right. Because we covered this movie, I need an exact answer. It's not close. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In the platform, what's the highest level Goring gets to? Oh, I haven't 201, seen that movie. One, I'm going to guess. Can well, you tell me how? The, the, what, uh, what? T- Todd, that's lowest. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I misunderstood the question. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, that's oh, why wait, I'm telling you. What is you. it? He goes it's, to the top, completely to the top. Okay, so one level zero. Level zero. zero. Level zero. Okay. Yep. Sam. Oh, so the number, the lower the number, the higher the level. Right, because is? the top level, like yeah. So wait, are you saying how low he got or how high he? Well, got? it's it's because the platform goes down, so it's really the highest, right? Oh, level zero, baby. 
And the kitchen. One. We never see him get there. Though. Two. Oh, you're right. Fuck. I want to say two. Joe? I don't know. That's like, do we really know for a fact? Well, yeah, we like, do. Because well, what do you think? <laughs> can Joe guess? Then I'll, can I have a third guess? <laughs> okay, so. Can, can, can I get a point? You're, you're, at, I you're asking. It. All right. What, what's the best level he was ever on? That's right. Which, oh. which would be the well, highest. Yeah, that's okay, the highest. So top. I, I'm pretty sure he was uh, at one point on level, at like level two. All right. My follow up guess is six. Okay. Sam, you want one last guess? Um, are you considering both of their guesses? Uh, they're both wrong, so I'll I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, why? Well, okay, three. Okay, you're all wrong. So the the highest he gets is eleven. Ah. Uh, yeah. So he never oh. gets pristine food. He gets shit on food from the assholes above him. But all right. <laughs> I, I'd like to revisit that one. Maybe in like Does a he... year or two. So does he die? Does he ever make it out or no? Stamets. Well, we should probably watch this him. I think you'd like it. Yeah, it was my but favorite. Wanna... It's my favorite movie last year. So. I want to know now though. Does he die? We don't know. Will I be grossed out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a it's a gross movie. I'm not. Gonna what lie. will gross me out more? The, the food. platform or the special? The, the platform. Oh, the special. Oh, the special uh, will gross you out more, probably. Yeah, I think the platform yeah. might might gross oh, you out right. more. But it depends. Like meme food grosses me out. Like when people regurgitate and eat food grossly it's gross when they're standing on it barefoot that's like the worst part for me she'll be yeah. grossed out most from like all of the orgasm faces the guy makes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right joe all right my last one saint mod oh, related okay what is mods actual Dry hand job katie um correct good job okay i was to say alice for some reason all right. The Last Shift. The, the movie The Last Shift takes place in what type of building? Uh, police. Headqu- police office. Police headquarters. Joe has <laughs> tied yes. the seven record. Yeah, baby. Bitch. <laughs> All right. Is that everybody? Yeah. I, have a, I have a deep cut bonus question. Ooh. All right. All right. It's not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, um the uh, no you know you steve probably fucking looked this up but let's see let's see the cockroach that is seen in mod frequently has Nan- nancy <laughs> that is correct <laughs> wait what there's a name <laughs> it's credited in the credits as oh nancy. really wow yeah. nancy oh i wonder uh, what okay it's the uh, cockroach wrangler's name right okay, yeah, it is. Something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. okay <laughs> They used a real cockroach. It kind of looks CGI to me. <laughs> no. no. All right. Ooh, Joe's pulling ahead. All right. Standings as follows. Joe, 22 points first place. Sam and Todd continue to be tied at 19 apiece. Steve with a solid 16. Anyone's game. Who will get seven points next week? Will someone yeah, complete So, so uh, I'm in last now. So when you consider your question, start considering mine. <laughs> I keep getting the comment. I hope Sam gets this. <laughs> so, I- well, and it's so funny because I always get sad and tell Joe, I'm like, Joe, no one sends me trivia. It's because they hate me. But then the, I can hear the questions are like aimed towards my taste, but I failed you because I don't ever know the answers. Just so scream he, out Jennifer's body every once in a while. I know. <laughs> so if, you leave, if you guys want to leave me in the dust, it's fine. So wait, who's in first place? You are. You are with 22 points. But Wait, who's not in last place? Not me for now. Joe. <laughs> Love the applause. Thank you, everyone. 
Oh, I thought that was like a water. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna add sound effects now just to fuck with Steve's editing? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready to talk about Saint Maud? Yes. Let's do it. Dear God, your presence graces the air, and soon everyone will see. Hi, are you Maud? Yes. Hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? Oh, it's like he's physically in me. It's how he guides me. My little savior. Hey, I thought that was you. What are you up to? I'm a private carer. You're still nursing? What? Well, they know what happened. All the good girls go to hell. Cause even got herself. I just want to see you loosen up. I've got more important things on my mind. Nothing worthwhile comes easily. The good girls go to hell. I turn to ignore you. Don't say I didn't want you. You must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. I'm ready and open. I feel fuller of your love than ever before. Responsibility. Oh, yes, of course. This is life and death on another level. What if I'm getting it all wrong? All the good girls go to All right. According to Letterboxd, having recently found God self effacing? Effacing? How the fuck do you pronounce that word? Young um, nurse. I don't know. Does that mean like me what does that even mean? Does that uh, mean like like how she like harms herself? Probably. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna change it. Self-harming young nurse Maud arrives at a plush home to care for Amanda, a hedonistic dancer left frail from a chronic illness. When a chance encounter with a former colleague throws up hints of a dark past, it becomes clear that there is more to sweet Maud than meets the eye. Uh, take it away, Joe. Okay, well, hold on. I, I, I googled Ephes, Ephesing. Uh, make oneself appear insignificant or inconspicuous. Oh, okay, because she kind of like mousy, huh? Yeah. Um, all right, I'll take it away. Okay, um, so yeah, I was ex- definitely very excited to check this one out. I know it was receiving uh, a ton of buzz um, last year when it got like a super limited theatrical release, and it finally got its release this year on Epics. Uh, A24 release, obviously, so that obviously was like right up my wheelhouse already because I pretty much have loved everything A24 has put out. Um, and overall, I really enjoyed this one for the most part. Um, I definitely think, you know, there was a little bit of pacing issues for sure, which I'm sure a lot of you guys will probably agree with me on that one. But it does only clock in at about an hour and 20 minutes. So even though there is some slower moments, 
it moves at a decent enough pace. Um, and like, you know, the ending of this movie, like, especially like the last like 10, 15, 20 minutes is what really makes this movie. Obviously, I think the slow burn definitely pays off. Maybe not as much as like other A24 movies, but, um, you know, the ending like definitely is something I've thought about, um, especially like the last scene, um, like all day today. I- I'm really glad that I didn't watch this. Me and Sam usually watch the movie um, the day of the podcast, and I'm really happy we ended up watching it yesterday rather than the night we recorded because I think this is definitely a movie um, you got to digest a little bit um, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's a really solid uh, movie. There's a lot to digest here, and I'm excited to talk more uh, in detail about it. Yeah, cool. Um, so basically, we start off with uh, with Maude, and um, she gets a new job at a uh, caring for a terminally ill patient. She's a nurse, a live-in nurse, and um, right off the bat, we're having a her monologue where you can tell something's off with her. She's not quite there. Um, whether she's super sweet or she's super naive, whatever it is, we'll figure it out. Um, she goes to her new patient's house, and right off the bat, the nurse that's leaving says she's a cunt. And we're like, oh shit, what are we in for? Is this girl demonic herself? What's going to happen? Um, then we learn that Maud, if that's her real name, which we know it's not, is not what she seems. She's very ultra religious uh, to the point where she has to hurt herself for atonement, I guess. Um, and then she kind of gets obsessed with saving her patient. Like this girl is obviously gets around, you know, no, who cares? She, um, you know, has a lesbian relationship. She also has a man over. So Maude takes it upon herself to like kind of try to save her soul and kind of is very pushy and like tries to like tell her girlfriend to fuck off basically. Um, and it's not the right person to try to interfere with because this girl's obviously set in her way. She's an old, you know, actress slash dancer, whatever she is. So she's not afraid to be, you know, sexual and things like that. And the flip to that is Maude is extremely, well, at the beginning, extremely reserved until she starts getting fucked at the bar. But, <laughs> um, yeah, the whole time the movie's pretty much making you guess what's going to happen next and where it's going to go. And you don't really know until the last couple minutes there so. Someone else jump in. Um, so I'm going to take it back just a little bit to what kind of how Joe was going at it. So this one wasn't one that I was really like looking forward to as much as Joe was. And it is a lot to digest. Not that it's heavy, but it's just a lot. Like there's so many different meanings. There's so many different um what am I trying to say you're trying to figure out what everything means is it this way this way or that way so I'm still chewing on it I don't really know and I'm always like sometimes in life you don't get questions answered and this movie none of my questions really got answered it's kind of like I have to um decide for myself which this one I don't this kind of movie, I don't really like when it's like that, but I'm not going to complain about it. So that's just where I'm coming from. Yeah, you got to kind of think it over and there really is no answer. Just what you think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's ambiguous. It's definitely open for interpretation. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm kind of along with uh, everyone. Um, I really liked the peaks and valleys that this movie would bring you through. Uh, even though it was subtle, you saw her fight with herself about like her faith and her religion and everything like that. On the one hand, she wants to be a savior. 
and she wants to impose her religion on uh, the person she's taking care of, but then she kind of loses her faith a little bit and, you know, starts drinking and sleeping with uh, some guy and giving handers in the bathroom. Yeah, giving hand, hand jobs at the bar was. and stuff. And, uh, and then eventually regains her faith and she wants to kind of do her unfinished business of, you know, uh, either helping, you know, the person she was with or, you know, letting her demon come out or whatever she was going for. I really I was like into it the whole time uh, I think one of the strengths of this movie and I talked about it before is it's only 83 minutes and I think any longer would have drawn it out too long it was like a perfect length for a movie like this I was never bored uh, and even though it is a like a slow burn film um, there was enough stuff happening you know at every 10 minutes that would keep me kind of going and everything and wondering where this is all headed and the end Wow, like, yeah, it's it's an ending typical of A24 that I'm not going to fucking forget anytime soon. And and that's when it's a slow burn film, when it nails the ending like that is going to be high in my books because it's just, yeah, it was incredible. So, yeah. 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 It's when it has a payoff for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's such like a bleak movie too. Like it's, it's very, it's very like dark, depressing uh, and bleak. There's never like a happy moment throughout like the entire movie. And I, I feel like that's kind of like Maud's like character in general. Like she's not like a protagonist. Like you never like, uh, she's not a character you ever are like rooting for per se. You're kind of like, she's kind of baddie um and like what is gonna like you're just waiting for the ball to drop the whole movie like it's just like when is she gonna snap and there's like so many good scenes where she doesn't fully snap like the one that really um comes to my mind is when she sits on the bench next to that like nurse lady and like i'm like expecting i'm like oh my god is she what's she gonna do is she gonna snap on her like what's gonna happen here you know and it's just like like it's played like so well you know the movie like really builds tension like really well and like kudos to the director here too like rose glass because like this is like her feature film debut and um i'm really excited to see what she does next i obviously i hope she stays uh, you know within the genre because i mean she she definitely knows how to build uh tension like really well and yeah, I mean, like, there's just like so much to chew on here too. Obviously, um, I mean, I don't know what what did you guys like? What was your interpretation like of the whole movie? Like, obviously, there's like a few different ways I think you could perceive this one. Um, but you know, what did you guys think? Let's uh, give the listeners a spoiler warning. So if you haven't watched it yet, um, definitely go get that seven day free trial, get it for free, and come back and listen later. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I have a feeling I wasn't in, as into it as you or Steve were. I think I might be near Sam. I think she was kind of on the same wavelength as me, but I thought it was pretty straightforward, man. She had a mental illness. Um, she had this delusions of grandeur and she fucking killed herself, <laughs> you know, thinking that she was going to ascend to heaven or whatever she thought. I don't know. Um, and just saw herself with this, like as this angel and then yeah, killed herself on the fucking beach. Yeah, um, I'm going to go real deep cut with it. Ooh. Uh, just, and then maybe I'm wrong. You know, it's just my interpretation. You're turning me all. on, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, of course, it, re- it uses religion as uh, kind of the basis of the story. But I saw it as today's society where we seem to be more divided than ever as a society between ideologies that people think are absolute. And I feel that that's what Maud's character was. She's someone who thinks that her way of things is the only way and the right way of things. And even if she's getting hints 
to show that there's some things that she does that are wrong in her mind. She is such, such an absolute, like, you know, angel and her ways are so, her beliefs are so strong that she fails to see the damage that's causing around her. And I think that's true of society, unfortunately, is people don't meet in the middle. They have their fucking ways on one side, they have their ways on the other and don't want to look at the bad. And that's what I felt with her. And it goes as a theme throughout the whole film where she wants to impose her ideology on uh, the person she's taking care of. And right up to the end, when she sees herself as an angel, but in reality, she's fucking burning, <laughs> burning up. And I thought it was a clever way to tackle such a strong issue these days, but not pissing people off because, you know, it's, uh, unless I guess you're religious, I guess, because <laughs> I'm, because I'm a, you know, yeah, not religious. Yeah. Maybe I didn't see it that way, but it didn't attack religion. I think it was obvious she was far gone on her side. So I don't know. What do you guys I, think? Of? Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's definitely like an interesting theory. I'm more on the Todd end of things for sure. Um, you know, I think it's just a woman that dealt with trauma, obviously, like, so it's never like, you know, spelt out to us completely. Yeah, that was my question, if I missed it. Mine too, yeah. So obvious, I mean, so what I took it is she obviously was a nurse at one point, or she worked at a hospital or something, and she killed um, one of her patients performing CPR on her. Obviously, we get that when oh. she is sleeping with the guy in the bed and you know she's you know you see her performing cpr on the older lady and then his chest collapses in um and you know we see that in the beginning of the movie as well um with her kind of standing there covered in blood and you see the patient um dead on the bed so i i think obviously she dealt with this severe trauma of you know killing someone she tried to help which turned her on to religion obviously you know she because I, I don't think she was a devout religious person until that happened, obviously. And we get that when she's talking with that woman she sees on the street. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think she, yeah, she's a woman that just is having a basic mental break that, that can't, she can't deal with her drama. She's severely depressed because of it. And I think that is also why she goes to the bar at one point. She's trying to have some sense of like normalcy or like a feeling of being alive again. Cause I just think she feels kind of like dead inside um, from the trauma she dealt with. And that's why she goes to the bar and, you know, she sadly, like it's just a very sad moment where she like looks to the people next to her and like starts like laughing, like with them to try to like join. Yeah. To like try to join in with them. Um, You know, they kind of just like ignore her and, you know, her having given that guy that the hand job in the corner of the bar. Um, you know, it was just like her just trying to be normal for a day or something and her trying to feel something. And I, I think her not feeling anything there probably was like the start of her completely downward spiral. And that is another thing. Um, the spirals she sees, you know, in the beer and in the clouds and stuff like that. Like I took it as that is her mind kind of spiraling out of control um, to her eventual uh, complete break at the end. So why did that guy only want to hand her? I mean, I think that's she's all at she the offered. bar. Yeah, but <laughs> she fu- she banged the, the dude in the next scene. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, it's hey, kind of weird. You know, dry hand jobs in the corner of the bar. There you go. Hey, you got his, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Sam, I don't know. Did you, how did you perceive it? Did you perceive it how me and Todd did? Or are you more on Steve's side? Um, I can see what Steve's saying, but I think that, um, yeah, I was kind of confused with the 
her previous patient, I was wondering if she had seen like Satan or a demon with that patient and then maybe was trying to save her after she realized there was no such, it wasn't a demon or anything like that. And then of course the trauma, I, I took it as that's what she was experiencing and why she was so numb and all of that stuff. Um, I mean, I really don't have much to add to this because you guys have already said everything. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a horror masterpiece, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was that close to horror, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I I agree. I don't think there's a ton of horror here, but I mean, obviously the ending is the ending's horror, fucking but for the most part, it's, you know, it's definitely more, I would say, like psychological drama more than like. Yeah, horror. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, we can ask, answer uh, Weezer Face's question more about um, mental health, because this is clearly a mental health thing, because I, I, I mean, you hope that if God would speak to you, he wouldn't tell you like in a way to kill somebody. You know what I mean? So that kind of like. That's enough. So like I did obviously like I went online and did a little reading because like I wanted to see what other people were, how people were perceiving this movie and stuff. And some people I was reading thought that she was uh, communicating with uh, Satan, like a devil deity because obviously like god's voice when she does finally talk to him it's freaky, um, freaky. is freaky as hell like it's very reminded me of kind of like the witch with thomas mm -hmm. and talking to black philip like it gave me that vibes a little bit um so i mean that's obviously another way you know there's like everyone has their own theory but that is definitely an interesting one as well that's that's where i thought it was going to be honest with you i thought we were gonna have a clear cut like the like the old lady before they kind of realize um revealed that she was literally just stabbing her to death and she wasn't like demonic i thought oh shit like this was a demonic presence the entire time and god truly yeah. was trying to get her to conquer it but then it you know in my opinion it just turned out to be a straight mental health thing but i thought that would have been a cool cool way to go yeah i mean and you could take it that way though right that's like, true I mean, yeah. that's, this movie is so ambiguous mm -hmm. that you know I, the director really leaves it up to your interpretation for sure what do you guys think of the atonement scenes of her oh god her on kneeling on the uh popcorn the popcorn curtain. <laughs> i was like oh no that sounds, joe that was terrible. joe no joe was like that won't even be painful like why are they making it seem so serious and i'm like joe are you kidding me like kernels on your fucking kneecaps <laughs> yeah i well yeah at first i was like would that hurt like i questioned it I and did, then, right? like talked me into it yeah and then obviously like her her putting the fucking spikes in her her shoes and then walking around like on oh it like it reminded me a lot of uh da vinci code that dude who does it in the da vinci code there. yeah yeah no exactly hey, a stylist and the da vinci code does that with yeah. the whip on his back but uh yeah. what, what about her orgasming from to the voice of god right yeah so it's like i mean orgasming or yeah i mean i think so i mean right yeah like ecstasy just a feeling of like total ecstasy but it's definitely I think she was busting Definitely, yeah, definitely hinted yeah. at a, a sexual nature there. Um, yeah, I mean, it just shows, like, how yeah. seriously she was taking this, like, religious journey that she yeah. was on. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't think being religious is a mental illness, illness right. but when you take it, like, obviously this far to kill somebody right. and yourself, yeah. Um, how mean, though, was the scene when Amanda fakes having an orgasm, too, to God's voice and then... 30 minutes later she's like i was fucking with you dude like oh, yeah i mean that's damn. what like yeah i mean that's what like sets her off obviously like and goes crazy and that actually that lady was really good too that actress i mean everybody's performance was really good in this oh, yeah yeah 
That was great. It was crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. There's just a lot about this movie, like the imagery and everything. You know, we yeah. Talked about d- Nancy sure. the cockroach. Um, what is the co- what did the cockroach mean to you guys? Was there like a meaning behind? Because I don't know, like if there was a know. point to it. I mean, I'm sure there's a point to it, obviously, right? But yeah, like, I don't I did know what the up. meaning of it is. Yeah, I'm not Probably sure. Whatever you think it is. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing as her, like floating, and yeah, you know, there's a lot of imagery that I'm sure have some kind of deep meaning uh, regarding cockroach to the movie, represents but... womanhood. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, sure I mean, someone's gonna pick apart every single thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this is definitely a movie you can do that. I mean, it's yeah. a total A24 movie though. Like, if you don't like A24 movies, you are not going to like this movie. Oh no! Way. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, man, that last like two second scene though, it's like mm. terrific. That's like that image is like burned in my brain now. Like yeah. for sure. Like it's like it's just like so quick, like too quick, but kind of perfect at the same time that they didn't like keep it going for longer. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, yeah, it just works so well. Like you know, you think, oh well, <laughs> I think personally that is what like did it for me to say oh that was like it's like a mental illness like a mental illness thing that me and todd are going for with it but yeah, so why yeah. why did she kill herself like he and, and when he when quote-unquote god was talking to her he's like you have to pass this one final test and we can truly be together but right maybe the audience didn't see the plan i mean that was her fulfilling well, her she was sacrificing prophecy. herself yeah Right. It was uh, like the ultimate thing. She was becoming a saint, you know, like a saint. Uh, oh, you sacrifice okay. yourself for your religion. Um, people believe, you know, obviously. So, you know, it was her, you know, joining, becoming like a, a saint in that moment. And which obviously she, what she sees, you know, she sees people kneeling to her in this like beautiful moment. And then what we really see in that final one second, <laughs> her completely horrifically burning to death and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that that entire sequence was just so beautifully done. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just long enough to burn into your brain, but not right. so long that you can dwell on it. And it's just like, wow, man, I was just, oh my god, I'm not gonna forget that scene anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And her killing the woman there is like a mm. really intense scene too, and brutal. You're just like, oh fuck, like yeah, real brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, did the did Maude and the woman have? They didn't go all the way, right? They were just kind of flirting with it. With yeah, like, that's like another thing I read. It was like Maude was also like, a lot of people think Maude is, you know, was kind of dealing with, that she was like a home, she was dealing with, she had like homosexual tendencies, you know? And that, that was like part of like why she got super into religion too is because she wasn't like, you know, she was trying to avoid what her real truth is. Too, which I thought was kind of an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot in the movie that, on a second watch, we'd notice. Right. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of imagery in her room um, that her friend even notices on the wall that I'm sure has some kind of message that we're probably missing. Uh, right. I don't know if you guys noticed, but she had two different eye colors. Oh um, no, I didn't. Yeah, uh, my wife's the one who pointed it out. I didn't notice either. Yeah. So that was interesting. It was almost like maybe like a bipolar type thing where she was you know two different people at the same time um and just for the record like i think the interpretation you guys have is the right like the correct interpretation right mine was more (laughs) of a thinking like you know i guess what it could also be about but i think on face value it's definitely about the religion and the mental health and her going down to die i i see i didn't catch that whole thing with the 
the beer and the clouds. So I, I like that. It's a downward spiral. Yeah. Kind of being, yeah, I, I super like that. So yeah, no, this movie is great. I think uh, it's, it's typically 24. Yeah. Uh, the way I felt about it when I watched it and the more, the way I feel about it like today is different and it'll probably like keep nagging me for a few days and then, you know, it's kind of going to go higher on the list, just like Hereditary did, just like Midsommar did, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, one of those things. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely one to watch. I would, I would say. Yeah. If you like A24 films. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely feel like, yeah, because there's obviously, this is definitely going to be another movie that people are completely split on. You're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. Well, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. I, I just wasn't quick to love it like I was Midsommar Hereditary, but like it is still is a lot. Like I haven't made up my mind, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I have a feeling, you know how we always talk about most memorable moment of the year? Uh, yeah. That, that last shot might be the winner this yeah. year, like already. Um, it's definitely one of the crazier things that. Uh, I don't that, know. Grizzly 2 had uh, the guy looking up a tree. <laughs> oh, there you that go. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, come on. <laughs> uh, you guys ready to rate it? Yeah. One last thing I thought was kind of interesting before we rate was that um, the God's voice. Um, was actually done by Maud herself, the actress. Oh. She did the voicing for that, and then they just altered her voice, obviously. And interestingly enough, God also speaks to her in Welsh, which um, people picked up that Maud's, um, her accent, like people, you know, she has like a Welsh-type accent. So like a lot of people say that definitely hints towards the mental break that it was kind of like a, her mental break is that like God talking to her in Welsh is like her talking to herself in her native language which i thought was pretty interesting too yeah Mm -hmm. no for sure yeah no that's awesome Mm -hmm. uh i'll lead off um i'm gonna hit it with a three out of five on letterbox 6.25 out of 10 okay Uh, um (laughs) you know i like came into this episode with my you know a rating but the more we talked about it i think the more i liked it <laughs> like based on tonight's like discussion i just think there's like a lot of good here um and i came in with an eight rating but i think i'm gonna go a little higher now after our discussion tonight um so i'll go 8.5 so you had to be convinced i mean it's not a big convince but <laughs> no, <laughs> it was good it was good it was good either way <laughs> yeah I'm going to raise it to 6.5. I'm going I'm to leave it there for now. All right, Todd. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know, guys. I'm just kind of like, I just can't decide. I'm not ready to commit if I like this or not. But since I have to, I think I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Just a 7. All right. Um, right now, I'm at an 8 out of 10 but it's one i feel i'm going to revisit before the year-end show uh with just time and you know having letting it stew a little bit and then watch it again knowing what happened so i can look at the little things um yeah so right now i'm an eight out of ten but i'm going to revisit this one because i feel that there's stuff i missed and now that i know more about it i'm going to appreciate it more on the second watch so Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely this is definitely what i want to revisit before like i come with my because obviously like currently it's obviously like the best of the year for me but i don't expect it to stay there you know because there's definitely a you know a A lot coming out yeah there's a lot coming out and just like i 
I would be shocked if it stays as my number one personally, because there's definitely like it's not my favorite A twenty four movie, um, but um, it's still a great movie though. All right, everybody needs to go on Amazon Prime, search up Saint Maud S A N T not S T, and it'll bring you to a free trial for fuck what's it called again epics epics <laughs> seven day free trial watch the movie then delete cancel the app <laughs> yeah. and, and you'll is be there anything go. else good on there i don't know i didn't even look <laughs> yeah and if you rent it on vod in canada it was 15 dollars, so it's probably 12 damn 12.99 you can't in even, the u.s you can't even rent it on Jeez. vod in the u.s you oh really only, you can only subscribe to epics oh, it's it, we, we don't have epics so i guess yeah. it was our only way to see it and uh yeah once again, Canadians get screwed over by Uncle Sam. <laughs> right. Or actually, this is probably an English movie, right? Yeah. It's a it's fucking yeah. English. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right so well, um, next week we're doing our women in horror episode. Ooh. So Sam gets to pick the movie. That's perfect that you have to watch XX too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also going to review something I've been holding on to for like three weeks. So I can't wait to oh. finally talk about it. Uh, it's called The Vigil. Um, I'm just oh, yeah, watch- I should probably watch that too, actually, if we're going to. Yeah, gonna it, it's under embargo it. until next week, so I can't talk about it, but I look forward to it because right. it's an interesting film. You know, I was just thinking before we sign off that there are like 25 solid horror movies that have just been sitting on a shelf completed. Right. Yeah. And like just ripe for viewing, man. You got someone has a shelf with like fucking Saw, Halloween, yeah. Candyman, like, Ghostbusters. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And, and, and they're still and they're still yeah. fucking filming them. It's not like yeah. people have stopped. It's just Yeah. There's gonna be like a yeah, there's gonna be an influx of just like ama- hopefully amazing movies where like we're probably gonna have to do a top twenty list or something. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully uh, like even like Army <laughs> of the Dead, uh Snyder's oh, Hell yeah, Netflix so- baby. Yeah, and there's there are guys. This year has the potential to be like the best year in horror. Get the vaccinations, uh, people. Yeah, exactly. Get those vax. Mm-hmm. Wear your mask. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, I'm actually going to the movies on Friday. Ooh, what are you seeing? I'm seeing Lord of the Rings re-released in a theater. Oh, the that's cool. The whole family, yep. Yeah. It only cost me like 14 bucks. So that's cool. Wait, the whole the, trilogy? The whole, the whole trilogy? Hell no. You don't have the attention span for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, Which one? Just Fellowship? Just fellowship, my favorite one. Oh, yeah. nice. Is yeah, it fellowship. extended or uh, regular? Theatrical. Okay. I actually prefer a theatrical over extended. I, no, I, I like the extended. There's some scenes in there that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Thanks All right. For to the Horror Squad podcast. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for Bye. Your name is? Oh, uh, Jack Gordon. Mr. Gordon. Good. Um, well, Frederica used to work for Mrs. Lipman. Did you know her? No, uh uh-uh. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? 
Yes, she was a big girl, sir. 